This episode is part of the series Know Your Candidates. Conversations with the candidates for the election of 2019 in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. Radio Plasma does not support or oppose any candidate for public office. This is a nonpartisan, independent media outlet dedicated to promoting a peace culture, embracing diversity, sharings of opinions and ideas, and ensure all voices are represented in our media. This is Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Welcome to Radio Plasma. I'm Johan Rashivega, and this is our series, Know Your Candidates. Conversations with the candidates for city council in the municipal election of 2019 in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. And I want to welcome Deborah Aloisi, who is candidate at large for city council. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me here. So this is the opportunity of having this conversation with you and for this election of 2019, you are returning as a candidate for city council at large. Yes, that's correct. Um, so this will be my second time running uh, for city council. And uh, while I didn't get in the last time, I, I still enjoyed the whole process and the experience of meeting people and introducing myself as a candidate. So I'm doing this again. Um, it, it's spawned a lot of communication and, and interest and ideas, and I want to continue those conversations. One of the aspects that I appreciate so much about your candidacy is that, same as you did two years ago, you were actually the very first to get certified on the ballot. This time you are among the first to do it as well. So that means that you pull papers and you did all your due diligence on getting those signatures of support and getting certified. So you have been certified actually since more than a month ago, I think. Yeah, that is correct. This time I waited until the ground thought a little before getting my signatures. I realized that everybody else was starting much later in the race. Um, and I decided to um, save myself the wind burn and, and the frozen feet. So from the experience of the last campaign, what are the aspects that you consider the learning experiences that you got and that you are doing different or the same for this campaign in 2019? Well, the content of my literature is pretty much the same. The only thing that's changed are the dates um, uh, for the preliminary election and, and for the election itself. Um, this time, there's no uh, mayor, there's no other, there are no other candidates running besides the city council. Uh, and so this is going to be a smaller election. Um, I'm looking more for face-to-face -face contact than I was before. Before, I think I was trying to 
cover a lot of ground and, and get my name out there. And now I'm just looking at more face-to-face contact and more conversations and getting to meet people, uh, coffee hours, whoever will hold them. If somebody will sit with me on their front porch um, and talk with me, I am taking more time to talk with that person. So I think that's going to be where the value is going to be. The people that are are voting on a regular basis, um, if I have a chance to meet with them face-to-face and they're connected, with other people that vote, they're going to have conversations at well as well. So I might be invited back to to have more of a give and take. So in order to give a little bit of perspective and background for people who are possibly getting to know about you for the first time, and of course for people who know you already, but to have a little bit of this reminder of who you are personally, professionally, and what are actually some of the contributions that you are doing currently working with the city in your field which is a really important field of supporting people in need in different aspects so what can you tell us about yourself in that matter certainly uh, i've been in the human service field since 2007 uh, this was a job transition that happened i used to be a warehouse supervisor prior to then and worked in logistics and that kind of thing it was shortly after my mother passed that i felt like i really needed to make a transition um and i did it i found work that had a lot more meaning for me i volunteered in a shelter i wound up getting a job i finished school while working full-time and uh, finished my master's and now i'm working as a substance abuse clinician and uh Some of the things I realized throughout the time that I was working with people is I was a few bad incidences away from being the person across the desk. Um, There are a lot of people that have a lot of great ideas that aren't told, hey, you're right, maybe you should pursue this or maybe get some encouragement for, for some of the things that you already know that are right for yourself, but you never got that encouragement or even the resources or the understanding of how you could put that together for yourself. So I love doing that. Um, One of the things I've learned with non-for-profits is non-for-profits can work by themselves in silos and be less effective than if they collaborate with one another and not work in silos. I think that Holyoke has several problems, that uh, too many problems that shouldn't be addressed in silos where people are trying to duplicate the same efforts in different places. We should bring those efforts together. And for me, I know that a lot of people, whether I agree with them or not on city council, they want to see the city become a better place. I want to look for that common ground um, and, and get something accomplished and, and get to the root of, you know, how can we make things better? What can we win at? Um, what are some little victories that we can win as far as, you know, is there a building where there are bricks falling down? Okay. Is, is there a lot of activity or is there a lot of depressed activity going on? Are people desperate? Are they doing desperate things for money? Is it, could a little bit of opportunity in those areas make a difference in the way people feel and what's available to them without resorting to desperation? Um, part of what I do as far as social work is how do you make people's lives better? How do you get them to stop using drugs or whatnot or being homeless in some cases, you know. Um, How do you get that to turn around so that they start seeing hope for a better future? And that starts with enriching their environment, enriching um, their social experiences in their community. And 
it, it can mean many different things. It can mean connecting with families or it can mean things like connecting with people that have some positive influence in their lives. What do you see currently as some of the main issues or concerns that the city is going through that you might be able to bring some of your knowledge, your expertise and experience as possible ways to bring solutions or at least to take care or start taking care of these issues that sometimes seem to be neglected or ignored or non-handled properly by city council? I think that there are a lot of conversations that people are afraid of having um, that I'm very comfortable having uh, most of the time. I'm in the work of, of, of that field of, you know, substance abuse, etc. There are several, um, Holyoke has great potential, but it has often had great potential with very little um, movement towards progress. I don't have a degree in urban development, but I'd like to facilitate more process of urban development in a way that has um, improvement in people's lives. And if there's somebody who's really good at that, And, you know, I think Marcus Marrero, there are lots of people in the mayor's office that are really good at that. And we've got some great ideas where we can engage the community. Um, that would be a great thing. We keep talking about redlining. There are areas that have been depressed in the city for a very long time and haven't had a lot of resources. Adding resources and caring about those communities um, is a good thing. But people are afraid of change, and they sometimes call it something else. They may call it gentrification. And what does that mean? Does it mean that people are afraid of change in their communities? And I'm trying to explore what the, some of those fears are as well. So, You are utilizing one of the words that is scary for many people to use, to hear, to perceive But like you mentioned, yes, this is one of those many conversations that we need to have as a community to understand what gentrification is, what is not, how can it be averted if that will be the case is happening, and how do we manage this to become something that actually benefits the communities by bringing new businesses, by bringing new models, by bringing new ways that prove that the current ones may not be the most effective right now. And to start having those conversations is important. And knowing that you are able to take care of those conversations is, I believe, a really strong skill. It, it's um, not always easy to have conversations. Difficult conversations need to happen, but we need to engage with one another absolutely need to engage even if you don't agree with somebody's viewpoint at least understand where it's coming from and where those fears are coming from um, I can understand how people might feel skeptical about you know new development um, you think about the marijuana laws and the fact that they've changed um, but what does that mean for the person who was the sole proprietor who was selling marijuana had they been less criminalized Um, and at this point, it's looking more and more like the tobacco in, um, industry um, as the laws are, are changing and we're figuring out who's taxing what. So are we turning it into its big brother tobacco where the same people are making money off of this? 
or are we turning this into um, an equal opportunity employment situation? And I can understand where those fears are coming from because oftentimes that's what's happened in many, many cases. So not just one industry, but several. You know, a person had a fabulous idea of turning peanut oil into several different things, but was it African-Americans that benefited from this? No, the patents were sold to uh, someone else who made more money off of this, and it was the same types of people that always make money off of these things. So at this point, looking up to join the city council as councilor at large, there are several aspects and responsibilities that come with this. What are the things that you see as priorities for the city to take care of? I think that housing as well as affordable housing with pathways to home ownership. That's a big step. Um, being really open to small business models, local business models, somebody who has a great business plan that's put together, regardless of what they look like or where they come from. You know, it, if they've got a great business model, getting the resources together to get it going. We have several people that do side jobs and mechanic work on the streets all over the place. Would it be so bad if some of them opened a garage somewhere? I mean, that would be fantastic. Um, what about people that are artists or even tattoo artists? I mean, whatever type of shop, a beauty shop, a tattoo shop, a cosmetic shop, any type of um, viable business that people would enjoy having. So it's pleasant and fun to walk through the downtown area. You might have a yoga studio over here, and then there's a tattoo parlor over there, and then there's this restaurant that's really unique over here um, with food that you may have not even heard of before. You know, it's just something that could happen. Thinking about how many people are at this point looking up to get on the ballot, something that you already did. We are seeing a considerable number of people interested on becoming part of the mechanism that takes care of the city. Do you think this is going to become a contended campaign or do you think it's going to be a little bit of more of the same? What is your feeling on seeing this much engagement from people pulling papers? I think a lot of people have pulled papers, and it's hard to say who's going to run all the way through. Um, I plan to run all the way through, um, win or lose, whether I have loads of money coming in or not. You know, I, I plan to make print off copies of my literature and engage in conversations right up into the election day, and maybe even beyond that, you know. Um, so that to me is important. Political engagement is important. Um, having difficult conversations is important. Have, sitting across from somebody who may disagree with you on a position is very important. And doing so in a civilized way where you can understand each other's point of views and be able to walk away. I think that's healthy, no matter how you go about it. So what are your plans for your campaign? How are you going to utilize the next weeks, months to let people know about your campaign and to get their support for you? Well, this is a very big challenge as far as usually um, with campaigns, as you well know, campaign financing has to come through. And, and, and this is something that, you know, um, I don't have a lot of money flowing through. 
I, I don't perceive a lot of money coming into the campaign. I, I don't perceive that I'm that well-known, et cetera. I have little trickles of donations that come in, and I might be able to do a mailer here and there. But um, beyond that, I'm not seeing a lot of money pour into the campaign for signs and signage and, and that kind of thing. So um, how do I see it? I'm going to run it regardless with whatever funds I have. You know, I'm going to keep printing off my flyers and keep having conversations. Uh, um, I figure when when it's time and the opportunity arises, I'll get the support that's needed to actually um, win the campaign. But until then, engaging in conversations, that's good enough. You were mentioning some uh, coffee hours and meetings with people. Is there any plan already uh, set for, for a location or days or specific events, knowing that the summer is bringing several opportunities for community engagement? It, it is bringing several opportunities for community engagement. I had one lovely coffee hour at Hope for Holyoke. I haven't had one since that time. So um, I don't have anything lined up in the future. I was hoping to get one in every ward. So far, not so much. So if anybody wants to hold a coffee hour, I would love that. All it would mean is I would come in at a time that was um, convenient for the person hosting the coffee hour, and I would just answer questions and, and have a discussion in somebody's home with their friends, etc. I'd be more than happy to do that. When we see the work of city council, knowing that, yes, it struggles and we have well-known issues ongoing, but at the same time, it's important to acknowledge the work and the accomplishments that city council is doing. What will be for you some of those accomplishments that you see that the city has been able to, to get thanks to the work of the city council in general, when everything works out the way it should be? When everything works out the way it should be, the people that are doing the research and bringing in the information to city council so that they can uh, make a decision, an informed decision, that they are treated with full respect and that we take the information that we have from them and we work with them in getting those questions answered. Um, it works really well when we, we start to to um, work together with what is possible and what is a project that we can win at. Um, what is one area that could be developed, beautified in some way and invested in and, and how do we make that work? And then once that's a success and we have a little bit of a, a tax base taking and reinvesting that money again and using CPA dollars wisely um, so that it can create more tax revenue so that we can create more projects and, and, and keep working on areas little piece by piece. It would take a long time to, to really turn things completely around in the area, but if we can start to choose one or two projects that we can win at and, and go with the low-lying fruit and then move on to the other ones, then that would be a great start. One of the starts would be like the Carlos Vega South Holyoke conversation around the spray park. I think that Holyoke Housing Authority had been trying to hold uh, meetings and discussions about development in the area and some of the vacant lots. Um, they haven't had a lot of turnout, but they, they would like to see more community engagement. And, and please don't just 
label it as gentrification when people take an interest in investing in an area that has been ignored and has some dilapidated areas. Um, it is going to create other opportunities for people to have hope. I'm thinking, particularly in this, in this example you're putting with the lack of participation sometimes because of that fear. And I appreciate that you are actually inviting people to be involved because even if the case were gentrification isn't the plans, by being involved is how you prevent it, is how you let them know that you are not agreeing with that idea and nothing is going to happen unless you allow them to happen. In the other hand, when you are looking up to bring your feedback and your concerns and let them know, we don't feel comfortable because this feels like gentrification. The only way that for them to know is if you go and let them know. I would agree with that. I mean, it, I, I remember speaking with someone, a minority, who said, I don't believe in the system. I think it's uh, been horrible. It has incarcerated African Americans. I don't want anything to do with this. With the minimum sentencing, people have gotten five years um, for a crime, a petty crime that anybody else would have gotten a slap on the hand. And they've seen people with much more horrendous offenders come in, reoffend, etc. I said to that person, all the more reason for you to serve on a jury. I'm not going to say you're going to change the whole system, but at least you can put your two cents in and influence it. Um, and, and maybe you can allow for some discussion and some decision making where it's really hard. It's very hard to get together with people and make decisions. If this isn't the answer, then what? And, and then coming up with a solution that you can be responsible for and, and take part in and say, you know, we did this together. It was with the best information that we had, and this is how we went forward. From the situations that you remember two years ago during your campaign that were some of your reasons to run for city council at large, are there any of those reasons still current or have they changed in a way that make you take it even more seriously than before or to add some other points in consideration? I think the overall message is pretty consistent. Um, it's, it's incredibly um, this very consistent that uh, we, we do need a way of taking care of the vacant structures. We do need a way of giving people hope in areas. Um, we do need a way of facilitating growth with the residents that we have here. And having this be a fun and safe place where you can make a living, a mod, carve out a modest living, and have a modest home, and, and live a modestly comfortable life without resorting to desperation. And I think that's a good thing. I think it, and it should include a flavor of everything, you know, that, that is here in the city and uh, is part of the, the community in a way that's hopeful and helpful. How do you plan to get some of your campaign running knowing that Funding is not right now one of the strongest parts, but it's all about the, the ideas and the work and the support. Knowing that there's people who support your campaign, otherwise you wouldn't be already certified. 
people who know you, people who know your work. How can people get involved to support your campaign? I'm, I will say again, just engage in conversations with me. If you have a flyer, share it with others. And if you want me to do a coffee hour, by all means, I'd rather do it and do these small conversations throughout the city than than a, a big event where people could get lost and maybe not ask the questions they wanted to, maybe not have the conversation that they wanted to. I mean, a coffee hour where there might be anywhere between 25 to, you know, seven people in a room. It doesn't have to be big. It can be four people in a room. It, it doesn't have to be large at all. I've been thinking a little bit about the big difference between being a city councilor for a ward and being a city councilor at large. While the involvement, especially with the committees, gets all of the members of city council to get involved with all different aspects and, and matters pertaining to the city, I think when you are thinking about at large, you have to take care of issues and situations and constituents from all over the city that sometimes could bring scenarios that you may be or not familiar with 100% based on which ward do you live in, based on which are the areas that you frequent, based on your work or your personal life. How much of engagement with the seven wards in Holyoke do you feel you have contact with? That's a really, as far as what's going on in those individual areas and, and what is going on, I, I'm really... It's hard to word this. I mean, it, it, it's very exciting when, when you see a development that wasn't very popular in one area that you thought was a really great idea, and there's construction going on in that area. That's, that's, that's a great thing. Um, uh, basically, I'm looking at, around at every single neighborhood that I go to and observing, and as I'm knocking on doors, I'm asking, what is happening in your neighborhood? What's going on here? Um, did you notice this? Uh, uh, what are your thoughts about how this can change? Um, I think a lot of people bring a lot of knowledge when they, when they talk about those things, uh, knowledge that I don't necessarily have, and I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers of everything that goes on in every corner of the city. Um, but it's, it's, it's important to have those um, connections with people and, and get that information and those ideas. And if I can facilitate a project of people that can do things really well, whether I know specifically how to do every detail of it, and they are enthusiastic about it, have at it, you know, because this is, it's not going to be by city council alone that these changes happen, not by a long shot. It requires the whole community to be involved. So what will be your official campaign message for the public now that you have this forum available for you to let people know about your candidacy for city councilor at large? That was a very broad question, and I'm not sure how to narrow that down. Um, mostly, um, I would say that I, I come from a social work background, and I tend to see things multi-systemically. Okay? I also tend to th look at efforts that people are making on various levels, and I try to bring people together, um, especially when they have common points of view. People that normally wouldn't see themselves together with someone else, I bring those ideas together 
um, pretty well in conversations. Um, I've been part of interagency meetings. Um, I've gone into interagency meetings with ideas, and I've had a learning curve of sorts. Um, so I know a little bit of what it's like to push your own agenda versus hearing from others. You know, I know the difference between those two things. So um, going with where the energy is and getting it going is, is really what I want to do. I want to start to see changes from a lot of empty, vacant structures, uh, places that are very dangerous for the local residents and have them turned around into something that's hopeful, useful, repurposed uh, in some way that keeps it relevant with the way things are changing right now and provides for a better future. How can people get more information about you, about your campaign, and get in contact with you and learn more about Deborah Aloisi? Well, I have a public Facebook page, um, and I, I will answer Messenger, but probably the best way to get in contact with me is through Aloisi at large at gmail.com and email me. Um, I also have a phone number. 275-6999 if you wanted to call and leave a message if you were interested in getting involved or holding a coffee hour those are the two best ways to get a hold of me email might be the easiest way is there anything else you would like to add i that's nothing you've been very thorough thank you johan for having me here always a pleasure to have you here wishing you the best of luck and the invitation remains open for you to come back should you continue this this campaign and after the preliminaries in September we will know more about who is on the ballot and hopefully we will we will continue having more conversation and also sharing more opinions with the other contenders. That'll be fabulous. I'm looking forward to talking with you again. Thank you so much. This is our conversation with Deborah Aloisi, candidate for City Council at Large in this municipal election of 2019 in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. Remember, the preliminary election is on September 24th. The last day to register to vote is September 4th. The City of Holyoke municipal election is November 5th, and the last day to register to vote in the municipal election is October 16th. For more information on registering to vote, you can visit holyoke.org, or you can visit the City Clerk's Office at Holyoke City Hall. With this, we conclude our session that has been recorded in the studios of New England Media Lab inside Gateway City Arts in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.